Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Often in sci-fi, we can get so swept up in the flashing lights and the glamour of alien worlds that we manage to miss the bigger picture. If you take a step back and look at some of your favourite films, you might realise that the concepts behind them make absolutely no sense at all. From your classic AI girlfriend to things like dream diving, there's a whole host of bold concepts that shouldn't necessarily work, but somehow they just do. Sometimes they're pulled off because of amazing performances, incredible scene setting or scripting, or sometimes just because they introduce us to a concept that we had never considered before. And that's a huge part of the charm of sci-fi, right? With this in mind, I'm Amy from What Culture, and how about we take a look at 10 sci-fi concepts that really shouldn't work, but do. 10. Primer Primer is a 2004 time travel flick with a twist, and the twist is that it's boring. But not in a bad way, hear me out. People recently started talking about it again because of the release of Tenet, the newest Nolan film, which shares much of its high concept with Primer. The difference between the two, though, is that whilst both are known for their incredibly complex plots, which over the years have led people to create flowcharts just to even attempt to understand, Tenet is backed by a huge budget and big names, whereas Primer intentionally creates a down-to-earth presentation of scientific discovery, which I promise is more sexy than it sounds. The understated visuals and performances in the film help bolster its charm, a direct product of its low-budget and director's vision. For explosions and action and excitement, go to Tenet, but Primer is its smarter, quieter cousin. Director Shane Carruth himself plays one of the two central roles, after claiming he couldn't find a single actor that wouldn't deliver the lines with, quote, too much drama, insisting he wanted the film to portray scientific discovery realistically instead. Now, this may not be for everyone. It's more slow-burning and introspective than others like it. But nonetheless, Carruth proved to audiences that you don't need big names and bigger budgets to bring an incredible, complex sci-fi idea to life. 9. Mandy that intro sounded way too happy for how sad this film is going to get so quickly. Even if you don't know much about this film, chances are you've still seen the gif of Nick Cage smiling maniacally in a burning car covered in blood. Well, that's not even the half of it. The basic sci-fi premise of this film is that a bad batch of LSD turns a group of hippies into a cannibalistic cult. The bad guys in this film are literally demonic, drug-crazed bikers, which sounds more like the plot of a self-published horror novel than an actual sci-fi blockbuster. 
Basically, everything goes to pot after the cult murders a logger's girlfriend by burning her alive and making him watch, all whilst he's tied up and gagged with barbed wire. It's very tasteful stuff. Anyway, understandably, the logger, known as Red, isn't too happy about seeing his girlfriend char-grilled right in front of his eyes, and he becomes hell-bent on hunting down the murderous hippies. It's a classic revenge tale, and as with all cliches, there is a chance that it could have come off as overdone and cringeworthy. Mandy, however, did manage to escape this fate. Mandy the film, not the girlfriend. She unfortunately didn't escape anything. We watch as Red tracks down and rips apart the gang with a crossbow and a custom-made battle axe, which I just think is a really underappreciated weapon these days. Much of the latter half of the film is clouded by Red's hallucinations, which only adds to the trippy visuals as a whole and solidifies it as a weirdly successful example of a sci-fi revenge flick. Eight. Donnie Darko. Admit it, if someone came to you and pitched the idea of a film revolving around a man in a bunny suit predicting the end of the world, you'd think they were on something. Whilst a lot of people have heard of Donnie Darko, few who haven't seen it actually know what it's about. And in fairness, some that have seen it still don't know. In a nutshell, a teenager is visited by a man in a gross rabbit costume and told that the world will end in 28 days. After this, he has visions of the future, hallucinations, and all kinds of weird experiences. And a jet crashes into his house. Twice. I mean, what are the chances? With such a loose plot and strange concept, it isn't unfair to assume this film wouldn't be a hit. It was opened on limited release, and after that, it took a year to get it to international screens, six months of which were spent just begging theatres to screen it at all. Somehow, though, it became an unexplained success, and since its release has earned a director's cut release, a two-disc special edition, and even its very own underwhelming sequel. 7. Her Honestly, from the cover and the title of Her, I would have guessed it was a colourful rom-com about a romantic Parisian man. The actual concept, however, lands just south of that. A lonely man named Theodore, who recently went through a breakup, falls in love with his AI assistant. And unlike Ex Machina, she's not a cute robot lady, she's literally just a disembodied voice, which I think is what makes this difficult. It's hard to imagine a film where you get to know and love two central characters where only one of them has any physical presence. Just as Theodore falls in love with Samantha only as a voice, the audience has to as well, which has some serious potential for failing. Looking at the concept on paper, I'm surprised it didn't get laughed out of the pitch. Man falls in love with phone slash robot slash unattainable woman is such a simple, overdone idea that you can probably find replicas of it in about a million student films. But they pull it off. Bit by bit, we get to know and love Samantha just to experience the same simultaneous heartbreak as we realise there's no way this could ever work. They're not going to have their moment where they run into each other's arms. She has no arms and no legs and no body. Oh, you get the idea. Six. Mad Max Fury Road. Now, there's a whole host of reasons why this film shouldn't work. It's unclear place in the Mad Max universe, the lack of dialogue, the fact that the film is just 90% one long car chase, and yet here we are. A desolate wasteland setting is certainly not new to audiences. A million other dystopian films have already been there and done that. It's just that Mad Max had the added disadvantage of the fact that any world building had to be done whilst on the move and with almost no verbal exposition. Even 
even with experience directing previous installments, by 2015, George Miller wouldn't have been my first choice for working on a film like this either. When it comes down to it, he just spent the years in between Fury Road production working mostly on animations, the most well-known of which probably being Happy Feet. Evidence was not pointing towards him being able to pull off a live-action R-rated epic. But clearly there's something about Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy coming together in a magical union that somehow made it all okay. There's some really interesting themes and ideas alongside equally intriguing characters. The stunning visuals and performances helped make this weird idea into a spectacular success, receiving 10 Academy Award nominations including Best Picture and Best Director. 5 altered states. Wild drug trips and hallucinations can get old real quick, and aside from coming up with new ways to exploit body horror and choppy camera work, innovation in this area is pretty slow moving. But you know what? This film took it all a step further than we thought it could reasonably go. Instead of just wandering around in a drugged up daze, main character Edward actually undergoes physical and anthropomorphic changes right in front of our eyes. I mean, yes, it's a strange concept to have someone experience experience a trip so intense that they literally become a caveman and then turn into an amorphous mass of conscious primordial matter. But you would be lying if you said you didn't want to experience that one day. There's some interesting questions and themes that get brought up throughout and director Ken Russell managed to keep it all engaging despite the heavy material. Taking the risk and pushing things further than they usually go paid off for Russell and the film continues to be enjoyed today in all its nonsensical glory. Four. Naked Lunch. I mean, the name is pretty misleading, I'll say that much. Either way, the plot makes so little sense, they decided they had to make up for it somehow, and for some reason, the way they chose to do that was with bugs. Lots of bugs. The story follows an exterminator who gets so high on his own insecticide that he hallucinates being a secret agent. Not a regular secret agent, mind, but one working under a boss who just so happens to be a giant beetle. It's essentially James Bond, if everyone was really high and Judy Dench was a ladybug, which I would be lying if I said I wouldn't watch. His mission is to take down a corporation that produces drugs made from bugs, and along the way he encounters more bugs, and also his wife's doppelganger, but that's like a whole other thing. It's become somewhat of a cult classic praise for its surrealist visuals and the deep underlying themes. Really, I just think audiences love to see giant beetles wearing clothes and getting shot. So each to their own, I guess. 3. Arrival It was a risk to make an alien movie that was less about the aliens themselves and more about international relations and language learning, because when you think about it, that all sounds incredibly boring. Often, audiences want alien films to be heavier on the sci-fi elements and visuals. In the age of blockbusters like Interstellar or anything that Marvel pumps out, you're taking a risk by putting out a sci-fi film more interested in being thoughtful than visually intense. It has elements of politics and linguistics and the higher concept of reading the alien's language, gifting you the ability to see the future. Really, it's more about people than it is about aliens, and this could mean it would flop with audiences. However, lo and behold, it was one of the most successful films of 2016. That does seem to be a theme here, though. If you take a risk and challenge what audiences normally want to see, you can often create something way more impactful. Two. 
Inception. It was a bit of a meme when Inception came out that it was so complicated that no one could understand it, and that it's the literal blockbuster personification of the and then I woke up and it was all a dream trope. But in the years since its release, it's arguably become one of Nolan's best-loved films. Whilst any Nolan film was always going to have a bizarre, extreme concept, this one was really daring. The concept of infiltrating someone else's subconscious for a sort of espionage activity and to eventually plant a whole new idea in their mind was definitely new. It's carried by the emotions behind it all, including the additional storyline of the main character Cobb's late wife haunting his subconscious. Fundamentally, a film known for being too complicated for its own good, much like Primer, shouldn't be successful, especially when the plot relies so heavily on a universally hated cliché. Yet Nolan managed to toe the line just enough to create a masterpiece that challenges viewers but also leaves them completely satisfied overall, even distracting us long enough to forget that dreams are generally the weakest premise to any story. 1. Being John Malkovich There is no way that any part of this was ever a good idea. You climb through a tunnel, live in a celebrity's brain for a bit, and then get spat out by the New Jersey Turnpike. But it's not just any celebrity, it's specifically John Malkovich, and apparently there's enough people who want to pay to have this experience that it soon becomes a problem. I'm sorry, but how is that a plot to a film? There's so much more madness that I can't even begin to summarise without just telling you to watch it. But with a premise so ridiculous, I really am unsure to this day how it earned three Academy Award nominations and a reputation as a classic. It really is one of those ones that you have to see to believe, and if you have a bit of spare time amongst all the madness at the moment, I'd highly recommend experiencing it yourself. There's really, genuinely nothing quite like it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.